Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning troubles continue for Trump Jr., and the Brevard County Commission rejects a Puerto Rico proposal. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Yes, emails, emails, emails. Trump Jr.'s emails. We'll talk about what they reveal and what they do not reveal next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Wednesday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 102.5. Donald Trump Jr. says he viewed a meeting with a Russian lawyer as possible opposition research on Democrat Hillary Clinton. Again, I didn't know there was any credibility. I didn't know if there was anything behind it. I can't vouch for the information. Now, someone sent me an email. I can't help what someone sends me. You know, I read it. I responded accordingly. He made the comment on Fox News's Hannity. The meeting happened in Trump Tower in June of last year. A friend who set up the meeting billed it as a chance to get some dirt on Clinton and said it might be useful for then-presumptive GOP presidential nominee Donald Trump. The younger Trump repeatedly played down the meeting with the Russian lawyer and called it a waste of 20 minutes. Trump Jr. insisted that there was, quote, nothing there and said he didn't even bother telling his dad about it. He noted that he is willing to testify about the meeting in Congress. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank. Florida's hometown bank. Yeah, and I really want to take people's calls on this. So you can call 407-916-5400. And here's the question. Is it damaging or is it a nothing burger? I'm a little sick of the term nothing burger. I I've was heard just it all about over. to say that. Oh, can we just say, is it is it nothing? Why do we have to put burger after the end of everything? I know everyone's kind of obsessed oh. with that, but I've been hearing that. For the past well, then months. let's you and I make a vow that it's it's either something or it's nothing, and we're just going to drop the burger unless someone's going to come in here with free burgers. I, I'm gonna. <laughs> I, you I like that, that huh? Yeah. yeah, I knew I'd get your attention with yeah, that. Yeah, but I really want people's reaction on this, so uh, we'll take your calls and texts next. All right. Well, in our other uh, big story today, the Senate confirmation hearing for FBI Director nominee Christopher Ray is set for this morning. President Trump nominated Ray to replace fired FBI Chief James Comey. Ray was a top Justice Department official in the George W. Bush administration. He's been in private practice for several years and represented New Jersey Governor Chris Christie in the so-called Bridgegate scandal. That was before Beachgate. Oh, yes. There was Bridgegate. Right. Yeah. He closes bridges. He closes beaches. Beaches. (laughs) (laughs) As long as he can partake in them, it's not a problem. Yeah, of course. Exactly. House Republicans are ready to fund part of President Trump's border wall in an upcoming spending bill. The provision in the Department of Homeland Security funding measure released yesterday includes $1.6 billion for the wall along the border with Mexico. The bill would also give $100 million to hire 500 more Border Patrol agents. The issue of the border wall is likely to be a sticking point, though, with House Democrats. President Trump ran his presidential campaign on the idea that Mexico would pay for any barrier along the southern border. In local news, some Brevard County residents want a commissioner to focus more on local issues instead of an issue he brought up last night. Commissioner John Tobia introduced a resolution at an earlier meeting calling for the county to reject statehood for Puerto Rico. The mission, the motion rather, died after not being second last night. Some residents at the meeting addressed the commission and told Tobia he should focus on issues like roads and traffic. Yeah, I want to take calls on this in the 7 o'clock hour because... I want someone to tell me what the benefit would be of making them a state because I really don't know, but I know we have a lot of Puerto Ricans that live in Orlando. We have a lot of Puerto Ricans that live in Brevard County, yeah, which is why he got some backlash for that resolution. Well, he was going to have, I mean, there were commissioners or rather uh, state lawmakers here in Orlando who were going to travel to that Brevard County commission meeting last night. 
to speak out against this proposal. So he's he's rankled a lot of people. Yeah. But I, I'm curious what they would say in support of making it a state. Yeah, it would be interesting to find out what because the benefits I, would be. I haven't really heard that. I've heard a lot of negatives. Right. I've heard why they want to become a state because they're in financial straits. But I haven't heard, hey, why should we do this? So uh, I'm curious. Well, here's your people... chance. Yeah, so call in the 7 o'clock hour. Okay. Not in the 6 or the 8. Call in the 7 o'clock hour. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is an orderly show, Deb. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> also, and finally, conservative news commentator and former South Florida Congressman Joe Scarborough says he's leaving the Republican Party. The co-host of MSNBC's Morning Joe made the announcement last night on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. How much of this country and our values are they willing to sell out? But aren't you a Republican? Um, I am a Republican, but I'm not going to be a Republican anymore. I've, I've, I've got to become an independent. And... Way to go, independence. Scarborough said he's leaving the party because it won't stand up to Donald Trump's perceived racism, which he called, quote, disgusting. He said it was inexplicable and that the party betrayed their core values long before Trump was elected president. Scarborough represented Florida's first congressional district in Washington from 1994 to 2000. He appeared on The Late Show with his co-host and fiance, Mika Brzezinski. Okay, if anything's a, if there's any story that's a nothing burger, this story oh, probably is a nothing burger. I am going to line my newscast today with stories that just rankle you. Today, I think my word's going to be rankle. You okay. can call that a nothing burger later on. My question is, how dumb do you have to be to work with someone and then you want to marry him? I mean, there's no getting away from him. I, I think I, that's the bigger story. I was pretty shocked, actually, when I heard I was, they were getting married because I'm like, wow. So you spend all day at work together, all all the time together. All the time, yeah. I mean, I, I, I yeah, that's that's crazy. That's <laughs> just it's it's love, Deb. It's true love. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody tried that experiment with true love in this building, and it didn't work out so well. <laughs> yeah, there were a few career changes. Yeah, I've heard about those. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We all have. WFLA News Time at six oh seven. Read about this is cool. Real soldiers will star in Clint Eastwood's next movie. Yeah. Yeah. I heard this. It's the soldiers who. Um... Who did? Who stopped the terrorist attack on the train? Oh, cool! Awesome. Yeah. Well, they're going to be starring in his next movie. And if you'd like to read the story and get the details for yourself, you can do it at one zero two five wfla dot com. But wait for just a minute because the first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio one zero two five. All right, so we're going to get into the big story of the day, of course. Don't say is... nothing, Burger. Burger, please don't say it. <laughs> I was not going to say okay, it. Okay, good. Just I, I'm not one of these people who thinks it's a nothing burger. Oh, I did just say it, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, but, yeah. But I, I think there actually um, there is some parts of this email that are pretty damning. But one of the best friends of the Republicans right now is the Democrat and the left's overreaction. So we're going to talk about that as well and take your calls at 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. It is 6.08 here on Good Morning Orlando. So there's one part of the email chain. And those who are not aware of the story, I don't know how you could not be. But we talked about yesterday 
how there was a controversy of Trump Jr. meeting this Russian lawyer. The Russian lawyer said she had dirt on Hillary Clinton. He wanted to meet with her to find out that dirt. I was one who said, what's the big deal here? Wouldn't anyone do this? So it didn't seem like a big deal. And then the New York Times came out and said, well, he knew that this was coming, this material was coming from the Russian government before he set up this meeting. Now we know it really didn't come from anywhere because there was no material. So that's one thing to point out here. But there is, uh, the New York Times basically threatened him to release the emails or they were going to release it from what I've heard. So Trump Jr. released on Twitter yesterday the transcripts from the emails that is that have caused all this controversy. Most of it's innocuous. Most of it's, you know, hey, when can we set up the meeting? Hey, can we do it this day? Oh, we can't do it this day, yada, yada, yada. But there is one part of the emails that took even took me aback a little bit on this. And it's hard to say this is a nothing story because he's admitting it himself. Trump Jr. has admitted all of this himself. So you can't say it's fake news because then you would have to say Trump Jr. is fake news. It's, it's not. He's admitted it. This is the part that's getting a lot of attention and even took me aback a little bit. Um, the email says, The Crown Prosecutor of Russia met with his father, Eris, this morning and in their meeting offered to provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary and her dealings with Russia and would be very useful to your father. Okay, there's nothing there. Okay, fine. But this part, you know, if I were reading an email like this, it would would make me pause a little bit. It says, this is obviously very high-level and sensitive information, but is part of Russia and its government's support for Mr. Trump, helped along by Eris and Eamon. Wait. So you read an email, and it says this is part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump, and you don't pause, you don't question it, you don't think, uh, what? Wait, wait, what? Russia is actively... Trying to help my father get elected? To me, this is a problem. And it's hard to deny that it's a problem. The biggest reason it's a problem is not that it's illegal. There's a lot of analysis out there that really nothing here is illegal. But the problem is the Trump administration and in the campaign and all these associates for months have been denying, you know, some of them have been denying that Russia was even involved in trying to help him get elected, but they've been denying that they've had anything to do with Russia at all. By the way, the subject of the email was Clinton dash (laughs) Russia. It said that in the subject of the email. So to say this isn't a bit of a problem, uh, I, I think you're not being honest with yourself. That being said, the Democrats and the left are basically handing Trump and the Republicans are basically helping them in this because their overreaction once again has made it seem like, okay, the initial initial thing is not a big deal. It just makes the Democrats seem so crazy that it's, 
much easier to defend Trump for this. In fact, here's a good example. Vice presidential candidate of Hillary Clinton, Tim Kaine of Virginia, was asked about this. And this is what he said. We're now beyond obstruction of justice in terms of what's being investigated. This is moving into perjury, false statements, uh, and even into potentially treason. Potentially treason? Really? Potentially treason? This is what I'm talking about. And it's really, we're not even sure if it's collusion yet, really. It's really not because there was nothing there in the meeting. Nothing happened. And for all we know, they say this lawyer has connections to the Kremlin. Proof is a little scant on that. We're not sure. But there was no information given. So you talk about the whole idea was that Russia had information on Hillary Clinton, was giving it to WikiLeaks, was giving it to the Trump campaign, and they were working together. This does not prove that that was happening. At the worst, at the very worst, this is attempted collusion, but nothing came of this at all. So to say this is treason, and by the way, most legal experts I've I've read say there's no way this can be treason because we're not at war with Russia. And this isn't an insurrection against the United States government. And it's not. And so we're not at war with Russia. So you can't say working with them is treason. And it's not an insurrection. It's, it's not treason. But the Democrats have gone so overboard. The left has gone so overboard. They just look crazy. So Trump and them don't look as bad. But to say there's nothing here. It's just I can't imagine being an email and saying, oh. The Russian government's helping my father get elected, and you're you don't you don't say anything, you don't react at all. You say, "Oh, I like it." I don't know. There's something not right about that. Now we're gonna play uh, cuts from Trump Jr. He gave his defense on Hannity last night, and we'll take your calls and texts as well. It is six twenty here on Good Morning Orlando. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud will be back next week. We have Mark Logus who will be uh, hosting tomorrow and Friday. By the way, you can send me a phone request on Facebook, or you can follow me on Twitter at Beyond Reason R. So I want to get to these cuts here of Trump Jr. on Hannity last night, sort of defending himself and talking about uh, the emails and talking about this meeting. And he kind of goes along and says, you know, he might have done something you know, might have done some of this differently in retrospect. This is what he said. Play cut one for me. In retrospect, I probably would have done things a little differently. Again, this is before the Russia mania. This is before they were building it up in the press. For me, this was opposition research. They had something, you know, maybe concrete evidence to all the stories I'd been hearing about, but they were probably underreported for, you know, years, not just during the campaign. So I think I wanted to hear it out. But really, it, it went nowhere, and it was apparent that that wasn't what the meeting was actually about. Okay. And this is the kind of the defense now I'm hearing. Well, there was the meeting was a waste of time. And that's true, but that's not really the damning part. The damning part is in the email. It says the Russian government's trying to help your dad and you don't react to it. Oh, I just wanted to find it out. Well, but it says the Russian government's trying to help your dad. There's something not right about that. But uh, he continues on with his defense here. Play cut two. Honestly, my takeaway when all of this was going on, is that someone has information on our opponent. 
you know, things are going a million miles an hour. You know what it's like to be on a campaign. We just won Indiana, but we're talking about a contested convention. Things are going a million miles an hour again. And, hey, wait a minute. I've heard about all these things, but maybe this is something. I should hear them out. I'd been reading about scandals that people were probably underreporting for a long time. So maybe it was something that had to do with one of those things. I mean, this was her perhaps involvement with the Russian government. So, you know, again, I didn't know there was any credibility. I didn't know if there's anything behind it. I can't vouch for the information. Now, someone sent me an email. I can't help what someone sends me. You know, I read it. I responded accordingly. And if there was something interesting there, I think it's pretty common. Okay, and he makes his defense. Well, somebody I can't control if somebody sent me an email, but you can't control how you react. But he uh, he was asked, you know, if his dad, the presidential candidate at the time, Donald Trump, knew anything about this. This is what he said. Did you tell your father anything about this? No. Uh, it was such a nothing. There was nothing to tell. I mean, I wouldn't have even remembered it until you start scouring through the stuff. It was it was literally just a wasted 20 minutes, which was a shame. All right. 407-916-5400. I want to get your reaction. Is this just nothing? I mean, there's no doubt the Democrats are blowing this out of proportion. This whole talk of treason, that he should be arrested, impeached immediately. I mean, come on. It's just ridiculous. Let's take a call here. Let's go to Brian in Orlando. Brian, what's your take on this? Good morning. I'm one of your local Democrats, and I'm, but don't judge all of us like we're all blowing it out of proportion. I agree. Let's not blow it out of proportion. But okay. I would go with your gut feeling just like I've got the same gut feeling you have. I read that subject line and I go, hmm, should I even take this meeting? Not only that, but he forwarded it on to Kushner and the other people that showed up with him. Just because there was a nothing, you know, in the subject when he got to the meeting doesn't mean he should have even accepted the meeting. You know, that doesn't mean it's, it negates the fact that you took a meeting based on the fact that it was the Russian government trying to help your father. I don't know. I mean, I just, it doesn't sound, doesn't sound good to me. I don't right. know if I'm going to use the word treason, but... It's a meeting that never should have taken place, ever. Gotcha. So now, we'll, now we'll never know. And, and not one person has come forward. We've all found out through about these meetings. Not one of them put it on their SS-86 through government service and their background checks. Not one person. We've all found out through the media. And then they, came, they finally came and said, yeah, that's true. I had that meeting. Forgot about it. Sorry. Not one person in the whole administration. Uh, all right. Put that out there. All right, Brian, thank you for your call. Oh, we have Democrats that actually listen to the show. People think we just have one audience. No, but, I mean, he makes some good points. Now, I don't have enough time to get into this now, so in the next half hour I'll get into this. I can understand why Trump and a lot of the Trump supporters are so defensive of Trump Jr. in this and why I want to be just completely defensive of Trump Jr., in this and why people were mad at me for even bringing this up so we'll talk about that i also have some cuts from charles krauthammer he was on fox news last night and he's been kind of a voice of reason in this so i wanted to play that in the next half hour as well we have deborah roberts who's coming in at the bottom of the hour to talk about the latest news it is 6 29 on good morning orlando and welcome back everyone welcome back to good morning orlando good wednesday morning to you all we have deborah roberts who's joining me in the studio and one thing you are going to talk about is the governor announcing help for state the statewide opioid 
crisis. You're going to get into that, but you have other news as well. Yeah, of course, our big story of the day and the story that you've been talking about for the first hour or first half hour of Good Morning Orlando is the emails showing that Donald Trump Jr. knew he was planning to meet with a Russian government lawyer in June of last year. The revelation came in a chain of emails between the younger Trump and a friend named Rob Goldstone, who helped set up the meeting. But Donald Trump Jr. described the meeting as a waste of 20 minutes. In retrospect, I probably would have done things a little differently. Again, this is before the Russia mania. This is before they were building it up in the press. For me, this was opposition research. Trump Jr. released the email chain yesterday. The Russian lawyers uh, was said to be promising dirt on Democrat Hillary Clinton. In a Capitol briefing yesterday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said the Senate Intelligence Committee is investigating all aspects of the Russia investigation. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Attorney General Jeff Sessions says the opioid epidemic is a crisis this country must confront. Sessions spoke at the 30th DARE International Training Conference in Grapevine, Texas, yesterday afternoon. The Centers for Disease Control reports that 91 Americans die every single day from an opioid overdose. Session says the epidemic contributes to violent crime and strong enforcement is crucial. To that end, Florida's governor is touting the benefits of a new law designed to crack down on the trafficking of synthetic opioids like fentanyl. Rick Scott says opioid abuse destroys more than just the user. I just hope this never happens to a family. There's brothers and sisters, moms and dads, and we all know this impacts anybody that has this problem. It's not just their problem. Everybody around them deals with the problem. Their employers deal with the problems. Their friends deal with their problems. Scott signed the bill almost a month ago, but it didn't get much attention because it happened on the first day of a special session of the state legislature. So the governor held ceremonial signings in Sarasota and West Palm Beach to drum up some publicity. Do you like chocolate milk? Um, not, I don't really drink milk. All right. Much. Really? All right. Well. I love chocolate milk. and I I'm, like chocolate milkshakes. All right. That well, that, that would work. You know, I'm just happy I don't live in San Francisco because the latest sugary item purged from San Francisco schools is chocolate milk. Oh, geez. District officials will officially ban chocolate milk in elementary and middle schools beginning this fall. Because of the sugar? Yeah. The ban expands to high schools next spring. The head of the district's student nutrition services department says that during a trial run at one school, yeah, the kids grumbled about the loss of chocolate milk for a few days, but later they just switched to plain old white milk. The director Eventually of the, they'll ban that for some reason, exactly. but go ahead. <laughs> well, there is, there is reason behind this, and when you hear the numbers, you're like, meh, okay, with everything else that we take in. The director of the University of Connecticut Rudd Center for Food Policy and Obesity says one carton of chocolate milk includes up to 40% of the recommended daily allowance of sugar in a child's diet. So that what? one carton of chocolate milk... Well, but when you say carton, though, are you talking about a the, small... The little ones, the little ones that they serve in schools. Okay. I don't see what the big deal is, to be honest. It could be a lot worse. Well, I like that, you know, for someone who doesn't uh, drink chocolate milk, you sure are coming out in the defense of the sugary chocolatey drink. It's It's good for you. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of kids that probably won't drink milk at all now, I think. It's another protest. Just what we need. Well, that's not what I was saying. I'm saying there's there's some kids that probably don't like milk, but they'll drink the chocolate milk. Right, exactly. But now they won't drink any milk. I mean, I guess, whatever. Just let the kids have their chocolate milk for crying out loud. I like I told you earlier, I was going to give you stories that were going to rankle you. Yeah. And you can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. Uh, the first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe continues now with Gina Cervetti and the Bloomberg Business Report. 
Thank you, Deb. You're welcome. I, I, might, I might start drinking chocolate milk in protest. How about that? I think I'm going to do the same thing, Mike. <laughs> I don't believe you. Oh, I will. <laughs> trust me. All right, Gina. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm well. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, so uh, what, what do the futures look like in the stock market today? Well, right now they're pointing to a higher Wall Street open this morning ahead of Fed Chair Janet Yellen appearing before Congress. And the other thing we're watching for later today is the Fed's Beige Book of Economic Activity, which looks at uh, economic activity in the various banking districts. They all report, and that includes the Atlanta district, which covers Florida. We have crude oil up about 1.5% this morning at $45.73 a barrel. The Energy Information Administration said that U.S. oil production will fall next year, uh, more than what they originally predicted just last month. Now, yesterday on Wall Street, it was kind of a mixed day. Energy and tech were higher, but the banks were lower. There was some brief morning selling amid those fresh reports on the Trump campaign's possible involvement with Russia in last year's election, but that didn't last. And in the end, the Dow was flat. It was up less than a point to 21,409. The Nasdaq with the techs did the best. It was up about 17 to 61.93. The S&P was down two points to 24.26. And the Bloomberg Orlando index was flat, but actually retailers were among the best performers yesterday. All right. And Takata, which has been in a whole bunch of trouble lately. Um, they're recalling even more airbags. What's that? What's the latest on that? They're recalling an additional 2.7 million airbag inflators in the U.S. because they could explode in a crash despite using a chemical additive to make sure they were safe. Now, these inflators were installed in cars from Nissan, Mazda, and Ford. They didn't mention the models. Takata, as you may know, filed for bankruptcy last month. Some 68 million Takata inflators are already set to be recalled through 2019 because they may explode in a crash and spray the vehicle occupants with metal shards. All right, and um, I do not own one of these myself. I just don't have the desire as of yet, maybe one day, but Amazon seems to have scored pretty big with its Echo device yesterday on Prime Day. Uh, How big did they score on that? Well, that's what they're saying. They used steep discounts to turn the Echo speaker into a bestseller on their annual Prime Day, making good on a bet to use the marketing event to push their voice-activated digital assistant into more homes. The company is betting heavily on devices to keep ahead of Alphabet's Google and Apple in this emerging field of this voice-based computing. One retail consultant says that companies want these devices in as many places as possible in case people really start to shift from ordering on mobile devices to ordering with their voices. Of course, we already order with our voices in person, but... (laughs) Well, and but see, that's the thing. I, I just can't seem to make that switch from doing stuff on my cell phone to doing stuff on a voice activated thing because it's so easy for me to just do it on my cell phone which is always on me right i don't so, have one of these devices either but uh, i mean i, I think the I technology have one yeah i think the technology is cool but i just haven't made that transition yet and uh there's a bunch of circle k's around here i don't know about right. up there but uh the we owner up here okay good yeah the owner of circle k wants to expand his yeah, u.s footprint are. Yes, they are based in Montreal, and they are poised to expand the footprint to 48 U.S. states with the acquisition of closely held holiday station stores. 
This transaction is valued by analysts at up to $2 billion. It involves the purchase of 522 stores, a food commissary, and a fuel terminal, and gives the company Couche Tar, that's French for night owl, access to the upper Midwest market, including a stronghold in the Minneapolis region. Couche Tar has more than 7,000 locations in the U.S., according to one industry publication. I do like their uh, Polar Pops. A polar pop, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're huge drinks you can get yep. for under a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Gina, thank you so much for giving us the Bloomberg Business Report, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. All right. Have a great day. So I'm getting a bunch of calls and text on this whole Trump Jr. email controversy. We'll get to that. And we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFL. So I'm getting a lot of people on the text line. You can text it to 23680 saying, this is a nothing story or nothing burger. Somebody said it's a nothing taco. Trying to change it from burger to taco. <laughs> thought that was pretty good. Um, some people were upset at me, like I said, for even bringing it up. I'm too anti-Trump. But one person said this, and I think this really gets to the crux of the matter for a lot of people. And for me, personally. It said, he said, funny how no one holds Dems, Democrats to the same standards. We just sweep Benghazi, giving guns to Mexican drug cartels all under the rug. People actually died, but no special counsel, no Senate hearings. Well, there actually were hearings on the Benghazi thing, believe it or not. But this is this is the point where I understand why people get so defensive of Trump. Because we're tired of the double standard. The New York Times doesn't care if Hillary Clinton have been found to do some of this stuff, which she has in the past. I mean, did you know Bill Clinton had given a $500,000 speech in Russia? Do you know Clinton had given her approval, Hillary Clinton, and handing one-fifth of U.S. uranium to Russia? And that was after her foundation received $2.35 million from the Russian-controlled company, which Clinton did not disclose that transaction? Does the New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, Hollywood, the late night comedians, do they care about that? No. So I get it. The, the double standard is outrageous. Does anyone actually think that New York Times is doing this because they care what's best for the future of the country? They don't care. Does anyone think that going through an impeachment proceeding would be what's good for the country right now? With this political climate? No. No. It's, it wouldn't. But they don't care. It's not about that. It's about an agenda. So I understand why people are immediately defensive and say there's nothing here. But you can't say there's nothing here because Trump Jr. himself is admitting it. Uh, let's take a call here. Let's go to uh, Roy in Deltona. Roy, what's your take on this? Well, sir, uh, thank you for taking my call. Trump Jr. is not a politician, so what he started last year or two years ago was that uh, he was what behind the ears, but he's becoming a politician. Uh, I hope he runs for president in eight years, and uh, I agree with everything you said so far. Have a good day. Thank you for taking my call again. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's take another call here real quick. Let's go to Scott and Apopka. Scott, what's your take? Yes, Yappy. Um, I don't think... Donald Trump Jr. did anything wrong more than Dennis Rodman did when he talked to North Korea. 
Now, if Dennis Rodman Trump was talking North Korea, it'd be a big problem. But maybe it's Dennis Rodman Clinton. Bill Clinton did have a black son called Danny Williams. Check it out on YouTube. Thank you. Well, I think, uh, uh, okay, that's kind of off topic, but (laughs) talk about Bill Clinton having a son or whatever. But I think Bill Clinton did talk to North Korea, too. But I agree. So we see, we see the double standard. So we immediately get defensive of Trump. We immediately are like, this is nothing. It's fake news. And I get that. I'm like that too. But why can't we just criticize people when they do something wrong and praise them when they do something right? And is anyone out there interested in, in what's best for the country? Obviously, the New York Times is not. Uh, Charles Crowdhammer had some interesting comments on this last night on Fox. I'll play that as well. It is 649 and good morning, Orlando. All right. And this is uh, Yaffe filling in for Bud. Now, does this do these emails prove collusion? No, they don't. Why? Because there was no collusion that happened. The whole narrative from the beginning was that the rush the Trump campaign was actively working with WikiLeaks who were getting information from the Russians and they were all colluding against Hillary Clinton to win the election. This email this email chain even though I think it's a little weird that he doesn't seem to be concerned that they're like this is a part of the the Russian government's effort to help your dad he doesn't even seem to react to that. That being said, this email doesn't prove any collusion. So to say, oh, this is treason, as Tim Kaine said, is is a little is is ridiculous. Now, Charles Crowdhammer, he was on Fox last night, and he gave his reaction to this, and I thought he made some interesting points. This is what he said. Well, I love it. Are the fatal words, uh, the defense of the Trump administration? for the last six months, which I supported, was there doesn't appear to be a there there. This is, I was saying this is a cover-up in search of a crime. There wasn't any evidence of collusion. There were lots of coincidences, lots of meetings, lots of non-disclosures, but that's all circumstantial. There was nothing to show that the Trump administration was aware of or supporting the Russian interference in our elections. And this just showed up today in black and white, released by Don Jr. Him, himself. This is not released in the, you know, the anti-Trump media. So you see it in black and white. This is not to say that collusion is a crime. It never was. But it is to say that the denial of collusion is very weak right now because it looks as if, I don't know if there's any other explanation. So he makes uh, the good point that they were denying this forever. And then now there seems to be a connection there. But he admits there's no crime here, which so far I haven't seen any crime. Now, someone just texted me and said, Yaffe, you are so mainstream media on the Donald Trump emails. Yeah, okay. Just change Russia to Israel or Britain and the emails mean nothing. It's only because the word Russia is there. Well, Crowdhammer in this next cut I have actually kind of addresses that because that has been kind of a defense. And he makes, and the texture makes an interesting point 
but it's not the best defense, and this is why. If you get a call to go to a certain place in the middle of the night to pick up stolen goods, and it turns out the stolen goods don't show up, but the cops show up, I think you're going to have a very weak story saying, well, I got swindled here. Look, this is incompetence. They got swindled. And he admits, if I had known, I wouldn't have done this. But to say I love it, to be informed that the, the Russians are working on their behalf, contradicts six months of stories. And I say again, I defended them because up until today, there was no there there. Well, now there is a there. And now to say, as some are saying, well, collusion, oh, we all do it. We did it in Israel. The Ukrainians are colluding. Come on. That is pathetic. The fact is the Russians are an adversary, probably are our, our most uh, dangerous in the world. And when you get information that the Russians want to dig dirt on your opponent and give it to you and support you in your election, you go to the FBI. You don't go to the meeting. Yeah. So what so what Krauthammer is saying there, and it's kind of in response to what that text, you know, it's kind of good response to what that texture was saying. You know, I'll just replace it with Israel and Britain instead of Russia, and it's not a big deal. He's saying, well, that doesn't really work because Russia's not our friend. They're an adversary. And helping them mess in our elections is not good because the Russians don't have our best interests at heart. They want to promote chaos, and they're not our friends. Now, it doesn't mean we're at war with them which is why this cannot be treason, because we're not at war with them. But they're still not our friends. And this is a message that's not nobody's talking about. The real thing is that Russia is trying to damage this country. And we're all focused on just pointing fingers at each other all the time. Well, we all should be pointing fingers at Russia. But... Maybe Russia was successful in promoting that chaos. Seems to be a lot of chaos out there right now. All right, Deborah Roberts is going to come in at the top of the hour and update the latest news, including the ACLU sues over voter data, and she'll have the latest on Trump Jr. as well. It's 6.59 on Good Morning Orlando. The debate over Puerto Rico continues. Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, troubles continue for Trump Jr. and the ACLU sues over voter data. We'll have the details. Details coming up in one minute. So would somebody tell me why in the world, what benefits do we get from making Puerto Rico the 51st state? We'll take calls on that this half hour. Happy Hump Day. It's 7.03 on News Radio 1025. Donald Trump Jr. says he considered a meeting with a Russian lawyer as possible opposition research on Democrat Hillary Clinton. He made the comment on Fox News' Hannity. A friend who set up the meeting billed it as a chance to get some dirt on Clinton and said it might be useful for then-presumptive GOP presidential nominee Donald Trump. Trump Jr. said he didn't even bother telling his dad about it. There was nothing to tell. I mean, I wouldn't have even remembered it until you start scouring through the stuff. It was it was literally just a wasted 20 minutes, which was a shame. He noted that he is willing to testify about the meeting in Congress. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank.
Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is setting up plans for debate on a revised GOP health care bill. The Kentucky Republican announced that the bill should be ready for deliberation next week. McConnell also confirmed plans to delay the first two weeks of the annual August recess to continue working on health care and other pressing issues. Efforts to repeal and replace Obamacare stalled before the July 4th week recess. The ACLU files suit in Miami trying to stop a new presidential commission from collecting information on every registered voter in the country. Kristen Clark with the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights calls it a vicious attempt to promote a voter suppression and she claims it's already working. Voters from Colorado, Arizona, North Carolina and Florida are withdrawing their registration out of fear that their personal information will be released. State officials have agreed to turn over any voter information that's already considered public record, but Secretary of State Ken Detzner says they won't be including any Social Security or driver's license numbers. Following the sudden resignation of President Edison Jackson, Bethune-Cookman University's Board of Trustees has scheduled a meeting today to find an interim replacement. Bethune-Cookman University President Edison Jackson recently told board members he's retiring with a year left on his contract. It's unclear what prompted the resignation. You'll remember Jackson came under fire in May after he invited U.S. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos to speak at the BCU graduation. Many students protested her visit, walked out of graduation, booed her, or didn't bother to show up at the ceremony. Some have also criticized his handling of the school's finances, specifically when it comes to a new dorm. Jackson has been president for five years, and his retirement date will be set later. In other news, a lot of people are watching subscription TV without paying for it. A new Reuters Ipsos poll says 21% of young adults watch video streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, or HBO Now by logging on with someone else's password. The poll says 12% of older adults do the same thing. The survey respondents say they borrow passwords to save money on video subscriptions. Subscription revenue is expected to come under scrutiny next week when the video services begin reporting their quarterly earnings. Look for changes to be made. Darn it, before I can find that friend with a password I could <laughs> I, borrow. I was about to say, you know how many people do that? Oh, everybody. And in fact, Netflix actually encourages it. Do they really? Well, because, okay, when you go on Netflix, you can have a profile. So you can make your own profile or you have different profiles for your family members when you log in. So they encourage the family to have one account with different profiles. And really, what is family but a gathering of the people that are closest to you? Yeah. Including friends. Neighbors, strangers, anyone are, are with a password. Try, are you trying to get the password for yes, me? Yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> hey, buddy. I, I already hit my whole family's like already on my password. So I'm I don't family. have enough room. Oh. Now, Netflix does limit it. They limit it to like five, I think. Yeah. I forget. So, and if too many people are on at once, then, you know, it, they, they'll kind of block you. But it's still, I mean, they kind of encourage it. So I don't know. Well, I'm going to encourage anyone who's listening right now to call with their password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's going to happen. <laughs> you never know. Stranger things have happened. And finally, the founder of Amazon is making more money than anyone in the world. Money oh. Magazine says Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos made over $1.4 billion on Monday alone. Wow. Because of a rise in Amazon stock price. The company's stock has been rising since it announced Amazon Prime Day. Bezos' net worth has grown by $3.4 billion since just last Wednesday. Making him worth over $85 billion. A Bloomberg report says that so far in 2017, Bezos' net worth has increased over $20 billion. 
more than anyone in the world. Yeah, I bet you he wouldn't. Like. I know. I bet he wouldn't mind giving me his Netflix password. <laughs> he could certainly afford it. <laughs> well, he would want you to have Amazon Prime, though. Yeah, that's watch, true. Watch the shows on there. That's true. Yeah, good point. All right. Well, I'm going to rethink that. In the meantime, WFLA News Time at 7.08. Read about the U.S. may retaliate alone against North Korea. Online now at 1025WFLA.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. So the Brevard County Commissioner put forward a resolution opposing statehood of Puerto Rico. Somebody tell me why we should make Puerto Rico a state. We'll talk about that. We have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So this was out from the Florida Today. FloridaToday.com. Talking about Brevard County Commissioner John Tobiah. He submitted a resolution for a county commission that urged Congress, like I said, to refrain from extending statehood to Puerto Rico. The non-binding resolution was considered yesterday at the county commission meeting. And Deborah Roberts was telling me before, before the show that there were actually people in Orlando from the Orlando City Commission who were going to travel there to try to convince um, that county commission to block to block that resolution. Well, it turns out the Brevard County Commission has rejected the resolution. And the Florida Today here here's the audio from the report from the Florida Today on on um, this this whole subject. Do you know you have the audio? It should say uh, Puerto Rico on it. The move by Brevard County Commissioner John Tobia to recommend that Congress block efforts to approve Puerto Rican statehood is attracting attention on social media. Over the years, Florida has seen an influx of Puerto Ricans moving from the island territory. There's a pride that comes with Puerto Rico. Um, generally speaking, anywhere you go around the world, any Puerto Rican that you know will have a Puerto Rican flag hanging in their car or in their house. Or something. There are one million Puerto Ricans living in Florida today, with many concentrated in central Florida. There are 23,300 Puerto Ricans living in Brevard County, according to Centro, the Center for Puerto Rican Studies. Most of the country's Puerto Rican population are a broad mix of residents from the islands along with second and third generations that have settled in the Sunshine State from other locations. Many leaving the island cited lingering economic woes. We've been taught how to take advantage of all these benefits that we've had from the United States, but we've never really been mentored in how to really take advantage of it in a way that would benefit us to grow as a country individually. Puerto Rico has 3.4 million residents. In June, the island's residents, who are Americans, voted in a non-binding referendum to become the 51st state. So, and by the way, on that non-binding referendum in Puerto Rico, usually Puerto Rico votes against that. But it turns out this time, which we reported a few weeks ago on this show, that 97% of the voters uh, voted, supported it. Now, that's with only 23% participation. So there's a lot of people that did not even participate in the vote. But of those who did, 97 is a pretty big number. Now, Tobiah, who put in this resolution against it, said the burdens placed on federal taxpayers to remedy the decades of mismanagement and socialization by the government of Puerto Rico 
would be untenable if Puerto Rico became a state. It says Puerto Rico's debt crisis in large part a result of socializing private industry. There's no doubt that that's true. And there's no doubt in my mind that the main reason why Puerto Rico all of a sudden wants to become a state is because they want the benefits from our government, from the federal government. They want to be bailed out. They have a lot of problems, especially financially. Why would we make a mistake? I still haven't really seen any good reasons of making a mistake. Now, this would have to be approved by Congress. This referendum, like I said, is non-binding. It would be very hard, I think, to get this through Congress. But somebody call me and tell me. There's got to be someone from Puerto Rico who's listening to the show. Call 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. Or call and tell me why we definitely should not make Puerto Rico a state. Do you agree with the Brevard County Commissioner who put forward this resolution to say we should not make the mistake? We'll take your calls and texts. We have Carlos. Uh, hang on, Carlos. I will get to your call in the next segment. And we have news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Here's one of the top stories we're following for you this morning. The Senate confirmation hearing of FBI Director nominee Christopher Ray is set for this morning. President Trump nominated Ray to replace fired FBI Chief James Comey. Ray was the top Justice Department official in the George W. Bush administration. He was... He has been in private practice for several years and represented New Jersey Governor Chris Christie in the so-called Bridgegate scandal. Updates on our top stories every 10 minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. So I'm getting some texts coming in that pretty much give me, and this is what I was going to get at earlier as well because I've seen this response other places. But they're giving me maybe the only reason I can see why we could, why we should make Puerto Rico a state. There's only one good reason I've really seen out there. Don't know if it's convincing enough yet, but I'm going to get to that in a sec. But I want to take a call here from Carlos in Orlando, who wants to comment on this. Carlos, how are you this morning? How are you? Good morning, guys. Uh, What's your take on this? Well, um, I haven't lived in Puerto Rico most of my life, I, you know, I live in Puerto Rico for probably about nine years total. I'm 42. Okay. Uh, one of the big reasons, um, my grandfather served in World War One. My father served in Vietnam. My uncle served in Korea. We, uh, you know what, when it comes to war, we're in the front line. That's not an excuse, but we're there. Now, have you ever heard about the Jones Act? Uh, no, tell us about it. Uh, Jones Act is a law that the Congress stated uh, Puerto Rico cannot buy, Puerto Rico cannot trade with any country. Anything that goes to Puerto Rico has to go to the U.S. first, then goes back to Puerto Rico. It costs us double, or if not triple, for everything that we buy. Now, since the law was in effect in 1917, if I cost the island $572 billion because of the Jones Act, now, enough to pay this debt, probably about 10 times over. Now, you tell me. Uh, I'd have to look more into that. we should or not. Uh, I'd have to look more into that, the Jones Act. I don't know all the details of that. But you bring up the one point that I've seen that maybe is pretty convincing, and that's your, your, your father and grandfather were Puerto Rican 
citizens, I'm guessing, right, and residents, right? My father served two tours in Vietnam. Well, I know, it, but he, he was also, was, um, he was from Puerto Rico. First one was mandatory. The second was volunteer. Right, well, he, but he was from Puerto Rico, right? I'm sorry? Your father was from Puerto Rico? Yes. Yes, that, that's what I'm getting at. And, Carlos, I appreciate your call, is that that would be the one, probably the one thing that could convince me that maybe we should let them become a state. Because now you have to remember, Puerto Ricans for a long time did not want to become a state themselves. But the fact is that there are a lot of Puerto Rican citizens who had were they had a reg- they have to register for the draft, so they were drafted, and they fought in our wars. They've served in our military. And if they're willing to do that, and if they have done that, and if they've served honorably, which of course they have, then that is kind of a hard argument to make against that they shouldn't become a state because their citizens are among the good citizens of us, serving our country, serving in our military. In fact, I just got a text from someone who came in and and said basically the same thing that said, my father-in-law and his father both joined the Navy, and they were Puerto Rican residents. says, I don't want to bail out their broke government, but I don't want to bail out Illinois government either. So he's making the point, yeah, we'd have to bail them out, and I don't want to do that, but we also have to bail out these other governments. Uh, one person said, though, on Puerto Rico, I vote no. We already have California, New York. No more bankrupt states. Look at Illinois. And see, this is the issue, is all of a sudden now that they're having all of these problems, now they want to become a state. They're having all these financial problems. So now we have to make them a state when they're having that. They didn't want to do it when their finances were fine. So that that's a pretty good argument against it, because that puts a lot of burden on our country and on our government for mistakes they've made with their economy in the past. Let's take another call here. Let's go to Jim in Orlando. Jim, what's your take? Hey, Yappy. What a lot of Americans don't realize is that the Chinese are taking over the Caribbean. They've uh, resettled and put all kinds of money into Jamaica, into Panama, into the Bahamas. Uh, the Baham- and these were all corrupt governments to begin with. And they took, once the United States bailed out of the Bahamas because it was so corrupt, the Chinese stepped right in, put all kinds of money in there, uh, took over the government like a little shadow government. They'll do the same thing to Puerto Rico, uh, and, and nobody talks about it. Everybody's, I think, I don't know, maybe well, are you saying, to talk about it. Are you saying they're doing that now, or are you saying they would if they oh. became a state? I think it would, if they became a state, it would be less likely they would do that. Right. Oh, I agree. Uh, you know, I agree with what you're saying there. And so something needs to be done. But the Chinese have already started. I mean, I've seen it. I've traveled around the Caribbean quite a bit, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago. And um, there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Chinese living in the Caribbean right now with all their government policies. And, you know, the next step from the socialism is the communism. So they, they fit right in together. So, so America should do something. Um, but, you know, so do you think we should make a mistake then? 
with uh, you know making somebody making an island a state is a real big responsibility. I mean that doesn't you can't take that lightly. Um, but something needs to be done. I don't have the answer for that right now. I'll work on it. Uh, uh, all right, Jim. I I appreciate your call. I did not know that apparently China is invading the Caribbean. I'd have to look more into that as well. But he says that would be, I guess, uh, he's not sure. But, I mean, really the best reason I've seen is that they serve in our military. They serve honorably in our military. And it would be hard for me to say, oh, well, yeah, but you can't become a state. But that being said, they're outside of that, their finances are a mess. And our government still might bail them out. And they're not even a state. And we're still probably going to bail them out. So a very interesting debate. We'll see what happens there. It seems like there is pressure going on. Really tough pressure to make them a state. All right, Deborah Roberts is coming into the studio. And she's going to talk about some of the news of the day, including the latest with the Trump Jr. emails. And an axe-wielding man requests a song at a radio station before a police standoff ensues. Only Deborah Roberts could have that story. It's 7.30 on Good Morning Orlando. All right, Deborah Roberts. Thank God there's no axe-wielding man here. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Day is still young. Yeah, give it time. But apparently there was at another radio station where that happened. And you're going to give us that story in a little bit. And, of course, you have the latest news for us. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, man, when a listener requests a song, he better play that song. (laughs) He really wanted to hear. <laughs> he really wanted yes, to hear this song. Very important. Oh yeah. But on to our big story of the day. Donald Trump Jr. is describing his meeting with a Russian attorney during his father's presidential campaign as a quote wasted twenty minutes end quote. But Trump Jr. told Fox News' Hannity that in hindsight he probably would have done things a little differently. The interview, which aired last night, was his first public statement since he posted a series of emails exchanged with a friend that set up the June 2016 meeting. In one of the messages, Rod. Goldstone told Trump Jr. the Russian had some incriminating information about Democrat Hillary Clinton that may be, quote, very useful to your father, end quote. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Okay, as I said, when someone requests a song, you better darn well play it. Because a man who went to a Massachusetts radio station and demanded to hear a song was arrested after a standoff with police. (laughs) The man arrived to the KISS 108 studios in Medford and requested to hear... I don't know why, but insane clown posse's my axe while brandishing an axe himself. When the radio station refused to play the song, the man went back to his car and began to rant about the incident to several passersby. Holding an axe? Oh, no, no. it, It gets better. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. One witness says he got out of his car with a machete. Oh, he's got an axe and oh, a machete. A, a, exactly. Stopped okay. a girl who worked on the second floor and said, I want you to play a song for me. Officers responded to a 911 call where they found the man with several large knives in his car. Jeez. Police also said the man drank beer and huffed something from a paper bag during the standoff. <laughs> Please don't come to our station. After three hours, police were able to convince the man to surrender with minor self-inflicted injuries. Police say the man will undergo a psychiatric evaluation. I'm assuming it's not for the uh, axe-wielding threat. I think it's because he wanted to hear the insane clown posse. I was about to say. My axe. (laughs) I was about to say, if you're going to hold up a radio station, at least pick a better song. You know, have some decency. I mean, if you're going to make us play this song that you have to hear, I mean, at least... 
yeah. some good music. Insane. Are they even still around? I guess they probably are. I believe they are. Yeah, exactly. You know where I was so surprised to see such fandom for the Insane Clown Posse? Really? England. Oh, England? They're England. Big, they're big clowns huge. over there. Oh, huge. Big posse over there. Big posse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got their clown makeup on. It is crazy, though. Okay. All right. How about another crazy story? Okay. I mean, at this point. Yeah, really. At, you know, <laughs> what are we saving? A Canadian teenager will think again before tossing a slice of pizza out of his car window. Okay. Police say the teen threw the piece of pie toward a man standing outside his home. Now, the slice never touched the man. It simply landed on the ground. Okay. Still, that man called police. And after reviewing surveillance video, the teen was arrested for assault. For throwing a pizza. Slice. Not even a whole pie. Just the slice. <laughs> Maybe that's why the guy was mad. <laughs> exactly. He's like, if you're going to throw a pizza, <laughs> throw the whole, the whole pie. Exactly. Don't just, you know. Police uh, say the two knew each other, so the pizza assault may have had something to do with a personal history, it's... which has just been made worse because he was arrested for assault for throwing a slice of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. I might have been happy if somebody threw me a slice of pizza. I'd have said thank you. Yeah, five-second rule. <laughs> yeah. Pick off a little bit of, you know, asphalt. We're good to go. <laughs> or that or a pizza rat comes out of nowhere and takes it. You got you to gotta keep an eye out for pizza rat. He's moved from pizza slices to full garbage bags. Oh, yeah, I heard yeah, about this that. This rat does not play around. <laughs> Michael Jackson fans will be thrilled to hear CBS is set to air a new one-hour animated special called Michael Jackson's Halloween. Why? The special follows two millennials and a dog who all meet accidentally on Halloween night at a mysterious hotel. Okay. The show will feature Jackson's music it's along. not cliche at all. No, not at all. <laughs> The show will feature Jackson's music along with the dance finale featuring an animated Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson Halloween airs this fall. I actually, you know, I bet it will get a lot of ratings. I bet it will as well. Yeah, you asked why. I it probably will be popular. Yeah, I think it, it will. Surprise me. Yeah, you know, especially with the whole thriller, which I'm assuming the dance finale is probably going to be an animated version of that great dance finale at the no. end of the thriller video. <laughs> of course it is. I know. I mean, what other song would there be? I know <laughs> for a Halloween special. All right, Hump Day is here. There's no need to feel any pressure today because Mike Yaffe today is National Simplicity Day. Ooh, simple. I like that. I do too. It's the, it's the simple things. It really is. In life. People it, make things way too complicated. We do. It's just how we roll. Yes. It's also National Pecan Pie Day. Enjoy. Not a huge fan of pecan pie. You, you're a fan? Warm it up. Put some whipped cream on that bad boy. <laughs> so, you know, Mark Logus. Yes. He fills in. He's actually going to fill in tomorrow and Friday. He's been listening. Of course. And uh, he sent me a text, and he wants to request a song. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what band he wants (laughs) he wants to play? I have a feeling that when we mention it, I'm gonna go get my axe out of my car (laughs) and show up at Mark Clogus's house because I have no doubt it's gotta be the monkeys. (laughs) Yeah, he texted and said, Can you play a monkey song? All right, Mark, listen for the knock at your door. It's going to be me. For those for those who don't know, when Mark Logus fills in for Bud, he is like... He has two social references for like TVs and music. One is the Golden Girls and yeah. the other is the Monkees. 
And like every single show. Every single show. When he fills in, he somehow, somehow mentions the monkeys. And the Golden Girls. And the Golden Girls. So if you ever saw like the hidden episode of the Golden Girls <laughs> singing the monkeys. Oh, he would oh. probably have a stroke. Oh, he probably would. He'd show <laughs> so. up at your house with an axe just to get it. <laughs> yeah. All right, is that it, Deb? That's it for right now. I'll be back at 8. All right, we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. So, one thing that's been swept under the rug lately actually that's been kind of a uh, annoying to me really is i don't know if any of you have noticed this it seems like we don't talk about the debt anymore the national debt how big of a problem this is for the future of our country all the trump stuff takes up all the news and they want to spend even more money on other stuff and used to be, this was like the big thing. This was the thing that Republicans were running on, paying down the debt. And a lot of that seems like it's uh, not, not a big deal now. I found a piece here from Invis- Investors Business Daily, and it made some interesting points. It said the United States responded to the 2008 financial crisis with an aggressive, aggressive Keynesian fiscal stimulus and emerged as one of the most indebted nations in the world. Gross debt now exceeds gross domestic product. The Congressional Budget Office projects that private debt-to-GDP ratio will increase 150% over the next three decades. He says, many studies conclude countries with debt overhang of this magnitude are caught in vicious in a vicious cycle. Debt overhang is accompanied by retardation and stagnation in economic growth. Slower growth, in turn, makes it more difficult to reduce debt burdens. He's bringing this up because we're coming close to, once again, raising the debt limit. And this is going to be an issue once again. And I can almost guarantee you that we're going to do it, that we're going to end up raising the debt limit. And it seems like we're just going to keep raising the debt limit and keep raising the debt limit. We need to get serious about cutting spending. Tax reform is a good start because we can grow our way out, out of some of this, but we're not going to be able to grow our way out of all of this. And we're going to have to cut spending, but that's hard to do. When you have half this country that believes it's the role of government to uh, pay for your college tuition, to pay for your health care, to pay for your housing. Now there's calls about paying for your internet, pay for your cell phone. When you have the federal government and people believe that's the job of government, how in the world? And they're calling for single payer now. How in the world? Are we ever going to pay off this debt? And some people say it's not a big deal. We'll just print more money. We'll inflate the dollar. It can only last for so long, especially because eventually it hurts the the economy as a whole. So look at what happened in Europe. Just something that's going on as we approach another talk. It's going to come up soon about raising the debt limit.
and something that needs to be addressed more and isn't addressed more. All right. So it's time for fun and games. And we have a great prize. You have a chance to win a feast. A feast, I say. Uh, We have tickets to Medieval Times, which is always a fun show. And apparently you get a feast. Hopefully you get like a big turkey leg. I feel like you should be drink your drinks in a chalice. I don't know. I haven't been there in years, but it's always a lot of fun. It's a, it's a fun show. So call now for sound judgment, 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400 for your chance to win those medieval times tickets. And we have Orlando's news, weather and traffic in just two minutes. News radio, 1025 WFLA. And it is time to play our fun game sound judgment where you tell me who is talking and um you can win a great prize and tom benson what is what is the prize you have for us today well we have another pair of tickets to medieval times it's summer fun it's alive at medieval times where you can take your family out for a night that's with the k to remember at orlando's number one dinner attraction enjoy a freshly prepared four course feast while uh, witnessing live jousting, sword fighting, and horsemanship. Now, tickets normally sell for twenty nine ninety five, but you might get one here free. Visit MedievalTimes.com for more details. All right, so, great, great prize, your chance to win. There's a governor this week who has decided that he uh, wants to audition to be a sports talk show host. Yes, here is the audio of that, and then use your sound judgment to tell me which governor this is. I love, I love getting calls from communists in Montclair. Communists in, in Montclair. Montclair. You know, you're a bully, you governor, are, you know, no, and I don't what? like bullies. You know what? And listen, I'm not the one who came on the air. Hey, hold on, Mike. Mike, I'm not the guy who came on the air, swore on the air, who swore? and so you did. Who I, 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 kick the heck out yeah, of you. You know, you're swearing on the air, Mike. You're, you're, you're a bum. <laughs> so that was part of his audition. A listener didn't like him too much. <laughs> and they got into it a little bit. Oh man, that that's the gov- that's a governor, right? There. Okay, uh who is that governor? Let's go to line 3. Line 3, who's that governor? I don't know, Chris Christie. Chris Christie, yes, you're right. I thought it would wow. be a pretty easy one. <laughs> you heard that before? Uh, no, that was a total guess. <laughs> I mean, who else could that be, really? What yeah. other governor could that be? <laughs> All right, <laughs> what's your name and where are you calling from today? Rob Castleberry. Rob and Castleberry. Have you ever been to Medieval Times? I have, but it's been about 20 years. So. Yeah, it's been almost that long for me, I think. It's been a long time. I can't believe it's actually been around that long. But it should be a lot of fun. You excited? Yes, I am, actually. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I'll put you on hold, and Tom Benson uh, will tell you how to get those tickets, and congratulations. We also have Deborah Roberts coming in at the top of the hour, and she's going to tell us about the latest with the Trump Jr. email scandal. And a new study says coffee is linked to a longer life. I feel like this changes every week. (laughs) It's 8 o'clock on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, troubles continue for Trump Jr. And a new study says coffee is linked to a longer life. Celebrate with a cup right now. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Yeah, we're going to talk about the controversy over Trump Jr.'s emails that he released yesterday. I'm going to tell you what's in them that could be damaging. But what's not in them as well? We'll get to that this half hour. 
And good Wednesday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 102.5. Donald Trump Jr. says he should have handled things differently in meeting with a Russian attorney who, during his father's presidential campaign. The younger Trump told Fox News host Sean Hannity last night he had no ill intent when he met with a Kremlin-connected attorney he was told had incriminating information about Democratic candidate Hillary Clinton. Again, I didn't know there was any credibility. I didn't know if there was anything behind it. I can't vouch for the information. Now, someone sent me an email. I can't help what someone sends me. You know, I read it. I responded accordingly. The meeting happened in Trump Tower in June of last year. The younger Trump has conceded that he, his brother-in-law and presidential advisor Jared Kushner and then Trump campaign director Paul Manafort met with a Russian attorney during last year's campaign. President Trump took to Twitter this morning to weigh in on the matter, writing, quote, My son Donald did a good job last night. He was open, transparent, and innocent, end quote. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Yeah, we're going to take calls and texts on it this half hour. One thing I do want to ask people is, say you're an advisor of Trump now, what do you tell him to do to move past this, to respond to this? I'm not sure Trump will take that advice, but I, uh, I want to know what I want to know what people would say to him to move past this Russia stuff. So we'll get to that as well. All right. Well, in the meantime, President Trump leaves for Paris today, a city he once characterized as being a total disaster filled with dangerous neighborhoods practicing Sharia law. He's there to meet with new French President Emmanuel Macron and to join the celebration of Bastille Day, which is this Friday. They'll also mark the 100th anniversary of America's entry into World War One. The two world leaders are set to discuss fighting terrorism and the situation in war-torn Syria. Protests, of course, are also expected across the City of Light. The Senate confirmation back here stateside hearing for FBI Director nominee Christopher Wray is set for this morning. President Trump nominated Wray to replace fired FBI Chief James Comey. Wray was a top Justice Department official in the George W. Bush administration. He's been in private practice for several years and represented New Jersey Governor Chris Christie in the so-called Bridgegate scandal. And I will recycle a joke from earlier this morning when I said Bridgegate came before Beachgate. <laughs> <laughs> A new batch of big names are being connected to the sale of the Miami Marlins. Miami native rapper Pitbull announced on Twitter yesterday that he's joining former Governor Jeb Bush in a bid to buy the team. This news came as multiple outlets reported yesterday that basketball legend Michael Jordan could be partnering with the uh, retired Bronx bomber Yankee slugger Derek Jeter in a separate attempt to purchase the team. Jeter and Bush had formally... Yeah, I was about to say, what's happening here? Well, Jeter and Bush had formally sought to buy the team together, backed by um, unnamed investors in a partnership that unfortunately fell apart in May. And since, you know, uh, Visit Florida had signed that million-dollar contract with Pitbull, he definitely has the money to be able to buy the Marlins. Oh. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah? What were you going to ask? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you. Well, no, I just, you know, I thought maybe... I heard I'd heard before that it fell apart. Yeah, that the deal had fell apart, but I didn't know if Jeb Bush was still interested. I didn't that, either, or that Derek Jeter was still interested. I knew about D, uh, Jeter. I just didn't realize the the former governor was still so interested. I thought I thought by that whole thing falling apart, that would kind of be the end of it. That's what I was thinking. But now we've. Can you imagine in any place in the universe that you would ever think that you would have? Rapper Pitbull <laughs> and former Governor Jeb Bush together in one <laughs> sentence, it's forming true. a partnership. It's interesting, too, that a lot of these celebrities really want to buy this team. I know. I I guess they see value in it. I guess they do. Of course, you know, it it was the site of the All-Star game last night. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. American League, 2-1 to win over the National League. 
I did not watch it, I have to confess. Well, that's why you've got me. Yes. Yeah. Well, finally, um, if you're sitting in the car with a big cup of joe and your Yeti travel mug and you're wondering just how good for you this really is. <laughs> as Deb grabs hers. <laughs> as Deb grabs. Mine's the Buzz Aldrin cup. Oh, which is even better. It's even better. Yeah. I can't say what it says on the cup, but it is, I guess, what Buzz Aldrin was known to say about <laughs> get your to Mars. And it's even signed by Buzz Aldrin and everything. Oh, is it? Yeah, there's a little bit of a signature. I've been trying to wipe it off for weeks, thinking it was a smudge, and then I look closer, and I was like, oh, that's an astronaut signature. Probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> How disrespectful. I know, really. But a couple of new studies suggest that being a regular coffee drinker may actually help boost your longevity. Dr. Michael Roizen with the Cleveland Clinic didn't take part in the studies, but says the results are consistent with what previous studies have found about coffee drinkers. Those people lived longer. Yay. And... Decreased immune dysfunction, decreased cancer rates, decreased cardiovascular disease rates, decreased liver dysfunction, decreased immune dysfunction. One study found that people who drank four or more cups of coffee per day not only have way too much energy, but they also had an 18% decrease in their chance of death compared with those who didn't drink any coffee. The other study found that coffee drinkers had less risk of death from heart disease, cancer, respiratory disease, stroke, and diabetes. Dr. Roizen says previous research has also connected coffee consumption with a decreased risk for developing Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. But of course, the way I drink my coffee is not considered healthy because it has cream and sugar. The way the Bud Man drinks his coffee, straight up black, no sugar, that's the best way. Well, I was, I'm wondering what, what is in the coffee that's so healthy? Coffee. They- is it just the coffee beans? Coffee. <laughs> that's that's all I need to know, I guess. Yeah, yes. exactly. And being half Colombian, I'm always going to be want to promote coffee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't really drink uh, hot coffee. I do like, I'll have iced coffee every now and then. You should continue to do that. Uh, apparently, yeah. M- make it a, a weekend tradition or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just like talk me into it. it they say to make, tomato ketchup is actually better for you than eating fresh tomatoes. How How is this? Because in the crushing of the tomatoes is when you release the chemicals that are good for you. And when you eat huh. fresh tomato slices, it hasn't gone through that process. The yes, things you learn. Know that. See? I feel like this stuff changes all the time, but that's very interesting. Well, it does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for today, coffee is good for you, and we're going to town <laughs> on that one. Yay! WFLA News time, a very late 810. You can read about Real Soldiers are going to star in Clint Eastwood's next movie. The exciting story is online now at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. So emails, emails, emails. Donald Trump's Jr. released his emails. We'll go over what the controversy is, and we'll take your calls and text. We have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025, WFLA. So I've already got some calls and texts that have come in this morning and talking about this. It's um, in terms of Trump Jr.'s emails. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's not good. Some of it's really not good. I know people get upset with me saying that. They want me to be completely 100% defending Trump all the time. Now, I do agree the Democrats are completely overreacting. Some are calling this treason. Really? 
So that kind of rhetoric just helps Trump and the Republicans because they look so crazy with their overreaction that this isn't as big of a deal. And it makes his base even more defensive of him, which I understand. But this is the part of the email that gives me pause. It's not so much that he was willing to meet with someone to get this dirt. Happens in all campaigns. It's not so much that this was a Russian lawyer. I mean, he could have well known. He didn't know who this was. He got the idea from a friend of a friend. Um, Nothing came out of the meeting. So there was no collusion because there was nothing to collude on because she lied about her intention of the meeting. So you can't say it's collusion because nothing came out of it. It might be attempted collusion at the worst. And you can call and tell me if you believe this is a nothing story, 407-916-5400, or if you really think there's something here. But this is the part that's really damaging, in my opinion. Uh, It says, the Crown Prosecutor of Russia met with his father, Eris, this morning, and in their meeting offered to provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary and her dealings with Russia and would be very useful to your father. Now, that's not too bad, whatever. But this is the bad part. This is obviously very high-level and sensitive information, but is part of Russia and its government's support for Mr. Trump. But it's part of Russia and its government's support for Mr. Trump. I'm sorry, you don't... uh. You don't read that and react to that? You don't think, wait, 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 what? Uh, Russia, the government of Russia is supporting my dad? You don't bat an eye? You don't react? You don't think anything? You think your response is, oh, I like it. I appreciate it. It's cool. I'm sorry. Something's a little fishy there. And that's what everyone's harping on. But I understand why. We get so defensive on this. And I understand when you hear the Democrats say it's treason and he should be impeached. We don't even know if, as far as we know, the president knew nothing of this meeting. So what should President Trump do now to get past this? I'll take calls on that. We're also going to play Trump Jr.'s comments on this. And we have update on Orlando's news, weather and traffic in just two minutes, News Radio 1025 WFLA. See, and this is what is so damaging and so um, maddening to uh, Trump supporters is because even if there is something to this whole thing with Trump Jr., they know that the New York Times has an agenda. They know that the Washington Post and CNN have an agenda, and it's against Trump. They know that if there was information against Hillary similar to this, which apparently there is, there's lots of stuff going on with Hillary that was going on with Hillary and Bill. I mean, there's the Politico had a story about how Ukraine and the government of Ukraine actively helped Hillary get elected and undermine Trump. But they don't care about that. The double standard is frustrating. I get it. And that's why people get so defensive of Trump. And I get it. It makes me want to do that as well. And then Trump's fighting back, and I understand it. But I can't look at something and say, he reads an email that says, this information is part of Russia and its government's support of Mr. Trump. 
and you say nothing, you don't react, you think it's fine, you oh, it's cool, and you go along with it? I don't know. I can be against both things. But I got some people who disagree with me, which was expected. It's okay. Uh, let's go to uh, Bill and Castleberry. Bill, uh, what's your take? Bill? Like they hey, Bill, Bill yeah. can you start over? Uh, you were cut off at the beginning there. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, started, but anyway. The whole thing just stinks like a setup from the Hillary Clinton campaign to begin with. And it's well known that her Russian ties are infinitely more significant than anything Trump could ever have put together, given the fact that John Podesta earned his brother earned something in the neighborhood of $370 million, um, you know, through a couple of Russian corporations. Oh, you know, yeah. Hillary and the That's thing true. With the State Department and 20% of our uranium deal. Tell me who really has the Russian connection around here. And then on top of that, yeah, this email sounds a little funky, but remember, it was initiated by a party other than outside of the Trump organization, so that was an incoming email. Yeah, it sounds a little goofy, but at the same time, you know, everybody wants to get bent out of shape because it openly says, oh, (laughs) excuse me, so-and-so supports Trump and it's a foreign government. Well, excuse me, but I seem to remember when Mr. Obama overtly, publicly, and funneling money to every opposition partner that he could find to unseat Benjamin Netanyahu. Yep, So guess that's what? true. That I happened. don't give a crap. I got gotcha. you. This means absolutely nothing. All right, Bill, I appreciate your call. And this is the response I get from most people, is that, well, the other side was way worse. And I totally get it. This is where we are now. We just point fingers at the other side. And it's frustrating. The double standard is frustrating. I completely get it. Uh, let's go to Keith, the Winter Garden. Keith, uh, what's your take on this? Hey, Mike. Listen, your last call was dead on. You know, the fact of the matter is that I was telling you, Greener, every country, every first world country since forever has had a preference as to who was going to be our president or any other leader in the world that that mattered, number one. So this has been going on forever. It's not like they actually did anything to uh, to make Trump the president. So that's another well, lie from the last. That day. is that's actually, I was going to say, uh, that's actually a great point because there's no evidence. I mean, what's ironic is I don't think the WikiLeaks or anything is what got Trump elected in the first place. And there's no yeah. evidence that there was any collusion that even happened, even with right. this email. But here's the problem. The problem is, is that we're falling into the, into the trap of the, the left mantra that uh, all these things are, are collusions and this and that and the other. The fact of the matter is the real story here, the truth and the real story is, is all your media, your Hollywood idiots, <clears throat> and the government uh, who are fighting against Trump, I mean, actively fighting against almost to a, almost to a point of a coup, are the ones who are treasonous. And we're, we're ignoring, the, as we always do, we ignore the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and this will go on for the, into the end of time because we just aren't smart enough to get beyond it. Gotcha, Keith. I appreciate it. Honestly, in my opinion, I think the 800-pound gorilla in the room is uh, Russia trying to screw up our country. And, we're, and, and it seems like they're succeeding because that's what's happening. We're just pointing fingers at each other. We're so against each other. When Russia is really the enemy in all this, and we're not paying attention to that part. 
All right, Deborah Roberts is coming in at the bottom of the hour. She's pointing her finger at me very sternly. I probably deserve it. It's 8.30 on Good Morning, Erwane. So Deborah Roberts came into the studio, and she was. I was talking about how we're all just pointing fingers at each other when we all should be joining and pointing fingers at Russia. And she was started pointing her finger at me, and I thought she was pointing it at me sternly, but... It turns out maybe that's not what it was happening. No, I was saying you've hit the nail on the head. You really have. It, this is not about politics. This is about the sovereignty of our country. And we cannot allow it to be handed over on a silver platter, regardless of whoever is in the in the White House. And both sides are making it about politics. They are. And it's not. It's about recognizing who we're dealing with. A former director of the KGB who would love nothing more, in my opinion, than to go back to the good old days of the Cold War when the Soviets hated us and we hated them. He wants to take America to its knees. Yeah, and he and wants to create. It. He wants to create chaos. He want because in that chaos, he will rise amongst it. He and his cronies—Iran, China, North Korea—I mean, this isn't about politics. This this can't be about because our country is about more than whomever is in the White House. This is about the United States of America, and if it means sacrificing a Barack Obama, if it means sacrificing a Bill Clinton, if it means sacrificing a Donald Trump, in the name of protecting our sovereignty. It has to happen. Well, and see, and I think this is where a lot of it's coming from, because Trump has not been very strong against Russia. He hasn't. He's, no, he's been. I mean, he's said some things lately that are kind of strong, but he hasn't been. And I think the reason is, is because he's thinking of it in the political sphere. He's thinking of it in. I have to defend myself politically against the other side. So if they're talking Russia, 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 I need to be totally the opposite. And I think that's that's the problem. I, I agree. It's part of it. I agree. You know, absolutely. I, I just think that for us, the people, we need to stop making this about whose side is right, whose guy is better, and make it about protecting our country, not just with a border wall with Mexico. We need to really think about who our real enemies are and what their end goal is. Yeah. And it, you're right. It's chaos. And they would love nothing more than to see the last world superpower Hand over those reins to them, to Putin specifically. All you have to do is go on Twitter and see the chaos. I have a hard time lately getting on Twitter. I should be on Twitter all the time giving like all kinds of sarcastic opinions and one-liners and getting on other people, but there's just so much hatred. Exactly. And, and who's it hurting? It's hurting each other. It's hurting your fellow Americans. Well, and we're solving nothing. And, you know, I wanted to make the point, too, is I've seen you know, some people on the other side that have admitted to me, on Twitter, that they're just happy to see this happening to Trump, oh, and they're happy. That's terrible. They, I mean, they, they're because happy it's happening to, see. to you. If you're happy about them, you're happy it's happening to your country. Well, and that's what I was saying. Does anyone really think it's good for the, it would be good for the country to go through an impeachment proceeding right now? No, no. I can't imagine in this political climate to be happy that that would be happening to our country right now. No. Yet and I see people. Do that, and I and I know it would happen on the other side as well. But it's just and let's stop taking sides. Yeah, let's stop saying the other side and you know calling each other names. We have to be able to rise above the vitriol in order to be able to see the forest through the trees, and we're not doing that right now. Well, and you know I get criticized for some things because I'll criticize Trump when I think he does something wrong, but I'll praise him when he I think he does something right. And people say That's you know integrity. you're you're a left winger or whatever, and I'm thinking nobody has supported. 
um, limited government conservative policies more than I have. Right. And you would think that would be the issue that, oh, he supports limited government policies. He supports um, conservatism in our government, in, in our politics, and in our country, free markets and so forth. But if you're not, if you do that, but you still don't support Trump 100% of the time, it's like none of that other stuff matters. But you would think the other stuff would matter more. Exactly. And what needs to matter is the fact that we're being played. We yeah. are being played. We're openly being played. Man doesn't even bother to hide it. And we're still playing into it. Every time someone says fake news, you're doing Putin's work. Think of that. And if well, you and- say you really love the United States of America and you're allowing him to get his fingers into our electrical grid, our voting system, how much do you really love this country? All right. So uh, Deborah Roberts gave her take. Yep. What you can is- go ahead and call and deal with Mike Yaffe because I'm going back <laughs> into the newsroom. So you can call 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. I also want to play the cuts from Trump Jr. He was on Hannity last night giving his defense. It is 839 on Good Morning Orlando. <laughs> That's right. It's my prerogative, y'all. <laughs> Back up. All right. So we definitely got some calls and texts coming in. A bunch Bring of people. It. Yeah. Not everyone liked what you had to say. Oh, a lot of them didn't. <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah. But um, you're not here to make to your, friends. You're entitled to your opinion. And um, all right. But I wanted to I really did want to get to these cuts of Trump Jr. Because he was on Hannity last night and he talked about he, he even talked about that he would have probably done something differently. Uh, this is go and play cut one for me. In retrospect, I probably would have done things a little differently. Again, this is before the Russia mania. This is before they were building it up in the press. For me, this was opposition research. They had something, you know, maybe concrete evidence to all the stories I'd been hearing about, but they were probably underreported for, you know, years, not just during the campaign. So I think I wanted to hear it out. But really, it, it went nowhere, and it was apparent that that wasn't what the meeting was actually about. All right, and can you get cut to ready for me, Tom Benson? He continued on with uh, why he even decided to take this meeting. Honestly, my takeaway when all of this was going on is that someone has information on our opponent. You know, things are going a million miles an hour. You know what it's like to be on a campaign. We just won Indiana, but we're talking about a contested convention. Things are going a million miles an hour again. And, hey, wait a minute. I've heard about all these things, but maybe this is something. I should hear him out. I'd been reading about scandals that people were probably underreporting for a long time. So maybe it was something that had to do with one of those things. I mean, this was her perhaps involvement with the Russian government. So, you know, again, I didn't know there was any credibility. I didn't know if there's anything behind it. I can't vouch for the information. You know, someone sent me an email. I can't help what someone sends me. You know, I read it. I responded accordingly. And if there was something interesting there, I think it's pretty common. So, and I, you know, I don't think that's the damaging part. The damaging part to me is the fact that the email said, uh, basically, this is part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump. And he really didn't think of anything of that comment. Now, in what I just played, he didn't really address that. He said, well, I took this because I wanted to find out about Hillary. And I think any campaign would do that. But it throws a new wrench in it when they're actively admitting this is coming from the Russian government and that the Russian government's helping your dad. And you think that's okay. That's where the problem comes in. So we're getting we're getting some calls and texts coming in. Let's take a call here. Let's go to Jerry in Oviedo. Jerry, apparently um, in a plane or something. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry what's your take? He's on, on the it? runway. You there? Uh, Jerry. Yes, yes, sir. Go ahead. Um, yeah, my, my issue on the, the, what your comments are is her comments are ignorant and, and 
untrue. For one, there was no fixing of the voting machines. President Obama stated that. As far as the Russian controversy, there's been no proof whatsoever. Now, we've heard Clapper and, and three Obama appointees come out and tell us there was some interference. But now Hillary actually has interfered, colluded with the Ukrainian government. That's a proven fact. It is documented. And so if we're worried about collusion from other foreign governments, why are we not focused on Hillary? And then if you want to go further, Obama sent his team to Israel to influence their election. It, every country, China, every country in the world tries to influence our elections. It's how do we know that the influence wasn't trying to help Hillary or any of these things? We don't know any of these things. The latest with Donald Jr. is he receives an email saying, I've got great opposition research. He wouldn't care if it came from anybody. If it was Hillary, she wouldn't care if it came from the devil. She would meet with him. All politicians would. And they're trying to make something out of nothing. And it's very frustrating to hear the ignorance of people stating facts that are completely false. Do not see that? No. Okay. Well, I mean, what's okay, the, I mean, so, wait, so you, you stated that there was voting, fixing of voting machines. No, I said they tried to get their fingers into our voting, our election system, sir. That's what I said. Not that they no, got into the voting machines. machines. No, I did okay. not say voting machines. Okay, How did, okay now, the, the further question is, all right, well, what did they do? So they, they tried to get into our election. Can you tell me how they did this or what they did? Well, they actually, you had that one girl from the NSA who was arrested for leaking that information, but they found out that the Russians had hacked into into uh, the state level of some of the, the voting. Specifically, Illinois was one of them that I had yeah, read about. some of the voting websites and everything at the state level trying to get in. Now, they were unsuccessful hacking into voting machines directly or affecting votes, but they did try to get into that. They also, there's a lot of proof that the WikiLeaks comments and hacking into the DNC servers came from Russia. And every single security agency in the country has said, yes, this is a fact. They have tried to come out and affect our elections. Okay, you got to read the news. The 17 supposedly security agencies, uh, Reuters is, com- is completely changing the story on this. It comes down to Clapper and two other officials. Every one of those comments well, were, were related to those. Sorry, I'd have to hear your sources before I'm going to agree to that, because I watched the hearings, and that's not what I saw. Well, so I'm not sure where you get your facts, Jerry, but you might want to check them. I got them. it from Reuters, ma'am. Yeah, go ahead. AP. Well, Reuters, AP, well, that's you're, great, you're, but you should probably watch the no, hearings, no, too, so that you actually, you know— Hear the evidence that was presented. I watch the hearings, ma'am, and you are ignorant of them. No, I honestly think that you're being—you think you're being honest. I really believe that. I don't think you're trying to be deceptive. No, not at all. What what would I gain by trying to be deceptive? What would I gain? What would you gain? You basically are a hack. You basically have a political belief, and you have a what political belief? belief? Please tell me what that political belief is. As an independent voter, I would love to hear what you think that is. Oh, it's okay. You're trying to you're trying to throw a president out. You don't think there's a political belief here? Why do I'm not? Who said I was trying to throw a president out? Oh, you mean oh the whole Russian thing that you're pursuing, saying oh. It's don't you think as Americans that we should care about our greatest enemy trying to get into our systems? I just reported earlier that uh, they got into our electrical grid. They Man, shut down part of I Ukraine's. Is Man, that what you want? Is that what you want, Jerry? Is that what you want? You want them to get into the voting machines before I'm proven wrong? Is that what you okay, want? Well, one, there's no proof of anything you're saying. It's but all is wrong. that what you want, Jerry? That's the question I'm asking you right now. Is that what you I want? Don't. I don't, but apparently... Well, then why are we arguing? We have no argument. We're on the same side. All right. All right. It's gone a little crazy, so I'll be... Uh... I'm sorry. A voice of reason here. But if we're, there is no argument between Jerry and I. We are on the same side. 
Well, he's he's going down the line that we're not even that sure. We're all going down that same line. This side has it right. That side has it wrong. Well, I get that, but he's even going down the line that we're not even sure Russia did the hacking. Well, but even Trump has admitted that they were part of it, and Trump's administration, including Nikki Haley, has admitted to the UN that Russia was involved in doing this. It seems like there's a lot of evidence that Russia was trying to do this. But we can't agree with that. And the reason why is because they're defensive of their side and they assume that you talking about that means that you're just against their side. Absolutely. And I understand that. But this is where the vitriol in this country just isn't going to end because we can't stop being defensive of something that in the end, it's, it's not really about the president. It's about the country as a whole is the way I see it. Yeah, and we're divided in so many issues just like this. It's even beyond politics. Um, So we'll take more calls and texts. It's 851 on Good Morning Owen. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. You know, I'm I'm with a lot of people because I understand the double standard is so frustrating. I mean, the guy pointed out that the Ukraine – Try to interfere in our election. That's exactly true. They worked. They tried actively to get Hillary Clinton elective, elected. That's the Ukraine government. That's according to Politico. There's other things that um, Hillary Clinton did with the Russians that the New York Times doesn't care about, that the Washington Post doesn't care about, the CNN doesn't care about. And this is it, this is frustrating. So anytime there might be something critical of Trump or our side, we get extra defensive and I get that, but I I have to be honest and I have to call it. I have to call it like I see it. And when I read in an email that this is part of the government, the Russian government's support for Mr. Trump. And you don't think anything of that. Now there might, it might be totally innocent. That's what Trump Jr. is saying. It might be, I mean, nothing ever came of this meeting. The Democrats are obviously way overreacting. I mean, actually, Tom Benson, are you able by any chance to get a, no? Oh, okay. I was going to say Tim Kaine uh, earlier, we played it earlier, but he had said this is treason. Treason? Really? And this is what I think Deb was getting at, and this is what I'm getting at. You have, we're just pointing fingers. You have the left find out information, and the only reason they seem to care about anything to do with Russia is because it might hurt Trump. Not because it could hurt the country, but because it might hurt Trump, and they they hope they can impeach him. How is going through an impeachment proceeding right now good for the country? And yet I see leftists and I see Democrats there. They love this. They're smiling. They think this is great. They can't wait to get through these impeachment proceedings. Even though that would just give me Mike Pence. I love Mike Pence. If Mike Pence is president, fine. I love him too. But they think this is good for the country and everyone has an agenda. And I just feel like Putin's in the background laughing at us because he's sowed the seeds of chaos. And it's not good for the country. All right, we have Mark Logus. He's going to be filling in for Bud tomorrow. Deb will be here as well. I will be here producing, and I'll end the show just like Bud does. God bless you, and God bless America. Catch you next time.